Welcome to part two. Oh, it's the man in the walls. <laughs> like, Ashley's looking at the wall because there's a noise. Well, it's not just a noise. It's a rhythmic noise as though someone is trying to get our attention. Yeah. It doesn't sound like... It sounds premeditated. It sounds... Um, it sounds intentional. Yeah. It's just picking up as I'm talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You think like, I'm kidding? It, like it's like somebody's trying to find a stud in the wall. This happens to hang pictures constantly. Yeah, that's a bit much. I told you there was a man in the walls. So wait until you hear the scurrying or whatever it is. Maybe there's a. It's crazy. Creature? No, because they got teeny little hands, and that definitely sounds I'm finally like glad like that a man's. Else is that this. sounds like a man's middle finger, like. It's very specific. Like, <laughs> like tapping. Not his like, ring I finger. Wanna... Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> God, don't communicate with it. You've never done that? No. Now I'm freaked out. You're inviting it into my room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. I just thought it might be your neighbor. Like, you know how, know. like, when you're in a hotel and you hear somebody banging, you bang back? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it you is, know, but I don't want to know. You have those, like, shared doors. Oh, okay. great. Now it's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, anyway, so it, it's, it might just be a rat. Maybe it, it's. I definitely think. I mean, man on the walls is a bit extreme. I think there is an animal that got in the walls. It might be a raccoon. Yeah, or and, a squirrel. And there has to be a way for it to go in and out. Yes, because I think it goes over here. Like it's definitely in that wall yeah. over there, and in the wall behind my bed. I'm You're just telling hoping that me it doesn't Jason die. doesn't hear that. No. That's so pronounced. I hear it all the it's time. It's clear. He's, and I pause things because I'm like, do you hear that? And he's like, no. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Although he has bad hearing in one ear, so maybe he can't hear. Maybe. Whatever. Not Whatever. the point. Go go back. So, anyway, so foreign film, films, yeah. So yeah. foreign films. Uh, then I got into, you know, I think Hollywood video is when I got into Kubrick. Uh, the foreign films, so Fellini. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurosawa was later. Actually, no, both of those were later. I'm sorry, no. Fellini and Kurosawa were much later. But Kubrick was definitely back then in Hollywood video times. Because, I mean, I, I had to watch all of the Stanley Kubrick bet. films. <laughs> and Barry Lyndon was the hardest to, to get because, you know, it wasn't the popular one back then. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, now it's like everybody raves about it because <laughs> I love it. And that seems to happen. Every time I love something, like, all of a sudden, everybody else in the world just picks up on it. I'm like, stop well, it! I mean, unless it gets me a Blu-ray. Which it did, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it got me Criterion Blu-ray, which was an early, early thing. Like I was like, I, like back when they had a Criterion, uh, the website where you could suggest titles. Yeah. The only two I ever suggested were Barry Lyndon and Casanova. <laughs> Casanova still hasn't happened by Fellini. I'm hoping this year because it's his hundredth anniversary. Oh. So I'm like, oh, please put on a box set and have Casanova in it. I have Casanova on Blu-ray, so it, either way, it's fine. But um, so I went towards Kubrick, and then <clears throat> the last thing I remember about Hollywood Video was the day that I quit. I bought the 
Fight Club two disc special edition DVD came out that day. Mm-hmm. So I bought that on my way out <laughs> and sat there and watched every single fucking special feature because I didn't have a job. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch Fight Club for you quit who knows how long. Hollywood before you had another job lined yeah, up. Yeah, I wasn't very smart back then and I live with my parents. So Oh, okay. Well then they I mean, I think they cared, but they were like well, I graduated high school. What's it going to do now? Nothing. <laughs> watch Fight Club. I'm going to watch Fight Club, Mom, 8,000 times. And I, I've literally seen, I just literally bought the, the Blu-ray at a, uh, what do you call it? Go ahead. I want to say garage sale, but that's not right. Yard sale? No. Flea market. Okay. I found out a flea market for like a dollar. I was like, uh, I'll take it for a dollar. Uh, because I've seen it so many times that it, I just... It, it really doesn't appeal to me to sit down and watch it anymore. Right. Uh, every once in a while, I get an uh, itch to see certain scenes because I like like when they first show Marla Singer and the slow motion with the smoke and it's just gorgeous. yeah. But <clears throat> I don't necessarily want to sit down and watch a whole movie probably ever again because I've just seen it so many damn times and I know every fucking thing about it, which would be a probably good episode because uh, <laughs> I know everything. Uh, anyway, so. So that's kind of my history with it. And then, like, later in at Sam Goody, because, of course, I had to eventually get a job at a place that <laughs> sold movies again. Yeah. And I love music, too. But um, but I love cinema. I love cinema. <clears throat> but that's where I discovered uh, Fellini and then Kurosawa. And Fellini was... Um, I may have mentioned this before. I don't know if I've mentioned it. But it was an article in an Entertainment Weekly that had like a, a special about Chinichu Studios because that's where they were filming Gangs of New York, Martin Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. And you've talked many times about that movie. Yes. And they were filming at Chinichina and mm-hmm. all it was beautiful and big and crazy and awesome. So they did a whole feature on Chinichita and of course Fellini's that's his where he filmed basically all of his films. And most of them were like, all of them were on a sounds like he he got to the point where everything was fake. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like cardboard backdrops of some sort and just, you know, throw it out, who cares? Paint it. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. just, like it wasn't like modern days where you have special effects. Or like, like he, the trash bags for sea water that was rocky. Mm-hmm. You'd have to see it to understand what I mean by that. No, but it I, I, I think I have bags. a visual yeah. of, of that because also his movies are, are all of them in black and white? No. Or most of them? No, 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 no. Oh. Majority is color, I think. Oh, the few that I looked up were all black and white. Uh, the last black and white film he did was Eight and a Half. Which was his Eight and a Half film. So maybe I yeah. looked up the other Seven and a Half. Well, you probably did. <laughs> uh, he started color right after that. Uh, but anyway, so he... Um, but I remember seeing an image from Casanova in that article, and I was like, "I need a costume piece, of course." And I was mm-hmm. like, "I need to say that." And uh, it turns out, my journey with Fellini—that was the last one I saw because it was so hard to fucking get. And this is back in the day, so this is back when, like, I mean, they did have laserdisc at this point. DVD, well, no, yeah, DVD. Well, DVDs were definitely a thing, but it was like. A film like that, if Criterion wasn't going to put it out, you were never going to see that goddamn thing. 
And to this day, like the the versions that I did get, the DVD that I eventually got, and the Blu-ray that I now have, it, they're from England, I think. They're mm-hmm. not from America, so I had to go overseas to get my films, uh, <laughs> which I do quite a bit. But um, so to this day, that film has never been released in America, and well, it was on Laserdisc at one point, but I don't think it was ever released on VHS in America. Okay. And when I bought it originally to watch it was a bootleg vhs tape like the ones from my parents yeah. <laughs> hbo days yeah literally somebody just copied it and sent it to me and i paid like 50 dollars for it <laughs> that's how much but those I were the to, times those were the dude. times that's yeah. what you had to do bootleg your goddamn movies mm-hmm. uh and it's funny too because with that one i had the soundtrack <laughs> I had the screenplay, which was published. I mm-hmm. still have it, obviously. Uh, I read it. <laughs> I listened to it. I knew everything about the goddamn thing. I just had never seen it. And then when I finally did see it, I fucking loved it. And then, because <laughs> that was such a horrible copy of it, when I finally saw it, like, legit, mm-hmm. it was even more spectacular. I was like, oh, my God. God, there were things in the background. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just a fuzzy blob. <laughs> it was amazing. So I was very excited. I was very, it was one of those times where all those years of leading up to it, it was worth it. To me, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't sit down and want to see that. It's long and it's really, there's trash bags as seawater. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be for everybody, but I fucking loved it. I thought it was amazing. But I will say the screenplay was amazing. That's great. Like, I really think that it would be fascinating to use Nino Rota's score and do a stop motion version using that screenplay. Because he did not adhere to it when he made the film. He changed things all the time with his film. So uh, when he finally, the finished product, it doesn't actually have a lot of the screenplay in it. And the, yeah. But the screenplay is amazing. Which is probably why they published it. Yeah, I read that he, that Fellini, who was one of your favorite directors. Yes. Um, We're getting there, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read that he was notorious for not having finished uh, yeah. thoughts, screenplays, mm-hmm. ideas, yep. whatever. He would just start filming yes. and just figure it out. That is absolutely true. I think the early ones... They did, you know, he had screenplays, but I think... Like, after a while, he was like, what you talking about? I'm Fellini. Get me a trash bag. We'll make some water. No joke. No joke, yeah. I think the last one that was legit, scripted and everything beforehand was probably Knights of Cabiria. And then La Dolce Vita's where it all changed for him. And then he was like, I can just do whatever the fuck I want. I mean, kind of. I think he was stressed about it, but eventually he got the rhythm and then he just did whatever he wanted. But we'll talk about that when we talk about Fellini more legitimately. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, because there, there's a lot I could say about Fellini. We don't need a whole, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, I, one more thing before we get on to our next round of things is Kurosawa. Because I had to, I have to say, with Kurosawa, I really didn't know much about him at all. I think I probably had heard of Seven Samurai and Ron or whatever. I had mm-hmm. heard of them. I'd never seen these movies. But I remember... Criterion released Throne of Blood on DVD, and the cover art was so beautiful. <laughs> I, like when it came at Sam Goody or whatever, and I was like, it's like that is amazing. I was like, I need to see this movie. I don't care what it is, I need to see it. 
Literally, it was the artwork for the Criterion release that made me, like, and then when I watched the film, I was like, what the fuck? This is amazing! Criterion has some really good artwork. They there do. have been movies that I've seen and did not like, but then I would, I'll see, like, a Criterion cover of it, and I'll be like, ooh, I should buy that. Yeah. I'm like, no, you I didn't like, like that it. movie. I don't like the movie. <laughs> uh, in the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai was another one where mm-hmm. I saw that cover and I was like, I have to see whatever this is. Yeah. Like, I have to. It's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, but I was amazed, because I don't, that's not normally a thing, but with Throne of Blood, that cover is, I mean, that could be a poster and I could put it on my damn wall. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So to this day, I still think that's one of the best Criterion covers they've ever done. But uh, I just thought it was funny that I stumbled upon, I mean, obviously he's a very well-known director and I was going to come across him at some point anyway, but yeah, the way that I was introduced to it, I thought was hysterical. I was like... Because I, I probably... It, you were like, ooh, shiny. I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then when I watched it, that was what really blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe this is a, a film and nobody else is talking about it. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, obviously it came out in, what, 50-something. But, yeah, like, I'm sure somebody talked about it at some point. But do you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where you wanted people to see. I was like, I still do to this day. I really think everybody should see Throne of Blood because it is amazing. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's an adaptation of Macbeth and... So all these cre- the fortune in like a yeah soothsayer or whatever it, they, uh, there's all that kind of shit. But um, there's one point where like the force is going to attack the castle, and you know uh, Tashir Mafuni or whatever is like whatever force is not going to attack the castle. It's fine. We're all good. And he's trying to you know calm his troops down because it's like no, it's fine. Instead of the- the force was going to attack. It's good. We're fine. Everybody's fine. The force can't even do that. <laughs> and then the force starts coming towards the castle. And I was like, what? This is, this is the fifties. This is not like yeah. you know, 2011 or whatever. This is like, that's real. Like what? How is the force coming towards the castle? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> like when you watch it, you're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. And that was me throughout the whole, my jaw was on the floor the whole entire movie. And then there's other things. Believe me, there's other things in that movie. I'm not ruining anything. <laughs> anyway, so um, so that's basically how I got into film. <laughs> yeah. My long-winded. I will say that um, my I had a large VHS collection, and a lot of that was due to my mother buying me movies. Like she, my my parents. Um, I don't recall a time where they were ever together where. We both are where all three of us lived under the same roof. They've been separated since I was like two years old. Mm. And, but they have both been like unflinchingly supportive of like whatever my passions are. My mother would buy me movies all the time. She'd go out and she'd be like, I don't think you own this. And she would just buy it because like, you know, we didn't have like HBO or anything like that. Like, so in order to watch some movies, if you weren't going to see them in theaters, you had to purchase them. Yeah. Um, or record them. We also had a lot of blank uh, tapes to record uh, oh, yeah, yeah. television, which which I did for those uh, shows that I, when I finally went back to school, like I started recording stuff on VHS so I wouldn't miss my daytime television. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, <laughs> so, true. So I wouldn't miss my stories. I did that with, uh, yeah. when I got a job for the first time, the Jenny McCarthy show was on, <laughs> and I fucking loved it. Yeah. Can't believe nobody else watched that show. Yeah. But 
I loved it, and I would tape it because mm -hmm. I was never going to be home for it. So I made sure that that, because that was back when you could set it up to record. Yeah, time. or my mom used to call the house, and she'd oh, be like, she'd be like, <laughs> what, what was it? <laughs> Melrose Place is about to be on press record. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jenna McCarthy yeah. show. Oh Party of Five. God, that was great. Which had Nev Campbell in it, and I didn't start watching it until later, but it was... Party of Five was something I was recording as a kid for my mother, and I oh, wish I great. would have realized. There's just so there's so much. I mean, our history with film is long, isn't it? A little bit, there's yeah, yeah. And my dad I, bought just, me my first the, video camera. Just, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like there's sure a lot of dad. stuff that I'm not saying, like Disney films. Yeah, we own yeah. all those. The, the VHSs I have VHS. are all like I owned ET. They're clamshell. That's what they call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Disney had all the clamshells. Yeah, ET yeah. was in a clamshell. If I'm no, no, no that was no. later. It wasn't like the '90s. I remember getting Indian in the cupboard. Um, oh yeah, and it, it came with like a little with a little yeah uh, key, and it had a little Indian, and I would like lock it up and open it. And Do you know, it's one of the first books that I read, and I loved it. Huh, so when they made a movie, I was like, "Oh, movie about this book that I like." <laughs> <laughs> they did a pretty good job. Frank Austin did a pretty good job. I liked it. I thought yeah. it was good. But yeah, anytime <clears> I wanted, like, well, not anytime I wanted, like, but they would like save up for like that thing. Like when I started editing in high school, oh, like my mom got me. Um, my mom kinda, eventually got me Avid. I think it was her, or it was my dad. It's One kind of, of the too. opposite for me <laughs> in a weird way. Like my parents were very tech people. They had the cameras and all mm -hmm. that shit. But then when I started getting interested in it, I don't know what happened, but like I think maybe the ratio of money. <laughs> like, well, like a, lot of didn't have a lot expensive. of it's expensive. It was expensive, so I didn't get any of that stuff. It took me forever to get a camera of my own. Uh, forever. It took me a long time too. And like it wasn't. It wasn't just one, like whatever. I think yeah. The time I got one with the, the tape, like a small tape, mini DV, the mini, DV. and then I got one that was like a. We went and got an HD camera, right? Mm-hmm. It's all the rage. But this was when, obviously, companies knew how to be fucking assholes. Because it was not an HD camera, not high definition. It was an hard drive camera. <laughs> I was pissed because I thought it was going to be a high definition camera. Yeah. And then, oh, it just so happens you don't need a tape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it was hard drive. So it just, you didn't have to have a tape. I still have that, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I got other things. But it, the funny thing is, is like all the times that I wanted a camera, a good camera to make something, mm -hmm. when I finally did get something that was, like even my iPhone, I could make a film on my iPhone. Yeah. I would have died for something like that as a kid. But yeah. now it's like I have this stuff. I have it in my fucking pocket every single day. I've never made a goddamn thing. The only two things uh, regarding film that my parents gave me, like gifted me, was a video camera, which I asked for for quite some time, and mm -hmm. Avid, the editing program, which I was using in high school, throughout high school, and oh, I was... See, you, you, you did a class in school. Yes. I did not. Yeah. I did not know that that was an option. It, well, I didn't... I started school... Well, I moved from West Palm up to Largo or the Seminole area. And I, when I started school, I was signing up late and they were like, what courses? I, like I had to like do a, it was weird that I See, sat in with like a guidance counselor and they asked me, me like, they were like, oh, <laughs> like you can choose like electives now. What do you want? And I was like, is there anything regarding movies? And I wanted like a movie course. 
it was all booked up, but there were TV productions. Mm. And in order for me to do TV productions, I had to, um, like, enter this other course program that allowed me to take, like, such specific electives. And that program was, um... Not oh, what was it called? It wasn't a, it wasn't a remedial thing, but it was like where the foreign exchange students ended up, where like awkward teens like ended mm. up, uh, because like it was like it was a class that the this group of people had together. They would take their main courses together, like uh, like a math, reading, writing, or what oh, have okay. you. Yeah. So it, I think it like helped these kids like integrate into high school okay uh because they were with each other and i think that's why the foreign exchange students were in there because then they had familiar faces and like you know things like that i was in special ed Mm -hmm. for a long time yeah because i had a math disability okay and so i'm relating to some of this because that's where they put all like i was in classes with like the strangest people yeah not bad all some of them were bad but not all of them were bad but it was just like like the guy that ripped his teeth out right next to me mm-hmm. that was creepy <laughs> <laughs> like and that was the same class that i saw secret garden for the first time in the movie and i loved it <laughs> <laughs> well i guess ripping his teeth out and i'm like but the garden <laughs> don't interrupt my movie <laughs> no he wasn't getting attention so he but, ripped out his teeth but all the other filming aspects like i like i have pvc piped made like monopods for my oh, camera okay, yeah. i use my mother's shop lights for lighting equipment and uh, yeah, i would I'm... have to like dim it and manipulate it like either bounce the light off the wall or something like that so i had to be very creative as far as like any other production aspect i actually did yeah yeah. I, I, like, I got some lights, mm-hmm. like the, I don't know what you call them. They have, like, a dowser on them? No, they, oh. they're just spot, like, no, no. They're just, like, regular, they, they like. clip on, mm-hmm. you could clip it on something, and it was, like, silver. Oh, those are, like, those are similar to shop lights, right? Or were oh, they, like, yeah, yeah, for, shop lights, there you go. Were they, Because I probably yeah. saw them at Home Depot when my parents were getting something. I was like, yeah. oh, look, I could use those. And uh, I yeah, got the type screen. you would like could clip onto I like a tank it. for a, a hamster screen. or something. Yes, mm-hmm. I also have. I have yeah. a blue screen. Oh, it's just I have, a big I have blue a cloth. One. Yes, yeah. it, that's, oh, when <laughs> yeah. I finally got in the mail, I was like, "It's just gigantic green cloth." I, like, <laughs> I could have gone to Joanne's. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you were smart about it. Well, I, I was I more wanted, um, uh, savvy. Like I knew that I wouldn't be able to afford whatever. It was. Well, I mean, I got yeah. mine off eBay, and it was probably like $30. And But I got the smaller of the two. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually, when I finally set it up, I was like, I don't know what the hell I could do with this. I could stand in front of it. And pretend like and you're swimming in an ocean. Swimming, but it could only be like this right close to my face. Like, <laughs> because I used it once, and it really didn't work well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I also didn't have, like, the greatest programs, because I had to buy my own. I got, like, mm-hmm. I want to say it's, mm, I'm never going to remember. I don't know. No, Vegas. I think it was Vegas. Oh, Sony Vegas? Yes, Sony Vegas. I have that. And then, in fact, the computer that we're recording on right now, mm-hmm. this Mac, I specifically got this Mac that had Final Cut Pro installed on it, and it cost me freaking who knows how much. Yeah. And, uh... I've only used it once to edit a video that I made of me shaving my beard off once for Instagram. <laughs> Dude, you saw when I, right, 
So I used Avid throughout high school. Right. I, I never I never use that. Um, I I love it. Uh, and it's probably because that's what I learned on. And then when I went to like, I had a friend whose dad worked at Fox here in Tampa. And I like went up in there and they're like, oh yeah, we know what happened, blah, 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 blah. And then they showed me their like traditional like editing programs that they don't really use anymore. But because everyone was trying to phase out of like splicing and like the, I'm doing stuff with my hands to show like film going back and forth. Um... But yeah, and I was like, this is the coolest. Uh, but like those, the old school stuff. Yeah, yeah, but those machines are too big. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I did get a splicer once. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little. Yeah, it was, taping well, it was a little, little bit. It yeah. has like the little yeah, for the rolls. I took it from the movie theater. <laughs> oh no, I got mine at an antique store. It was somewhere in the corner, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out, well, I don't know what to do with it because <laughs> I don't have a film, film. camera <laughs> but i had it just in case oh you know what maybe we can use my eight millimeter camera and record like a five minute video and color on the cells and Ooh. do like editing like that and like that. splice a bunch of stuff like yeah that'd be, film. be fun um so anyway uh but yeah so that yeah i i um i edited stuff a lot a lot, a lot, a lot. I did a lot of editing, and I did a lot of freelance editing. That's cool. See, um, I didn't get that far. I mean, I did stuff I, for myself. You did stuff for yourself, yeah. and you have, like, really good work. Um, oh, I was, you. yeah. I was, you. like, editing, like, wedding videos. Do you know? Or well, that was- I did a lot of submissions for female softball players like for like college entry videos and one team wanted it for all of the same song and what song is it is it i'll remember it i can sing that song backwards i i can't i can't it was it was a lot though uh my sister i made a cooking video Mm -hmm. for her to like enter a contest for something i don't know but it was a pretty good video yeah like, me but this is it's so funny because like i said i got this freaking final cut pro mm-hmm. fancy fancy shit and i i've never used it for anything significant and i'm really mad about it can you tell oh but, i had to <laughs> oh I, rem- I had to use it in college and i hated it you can see how i use i tried to use john's mac yeah before we started recording and i just held it and i was like how do you Go well, back. even the garage like, band, which is what we're using to record, <laughs> just because I've technically done it before, sort of. Um, I could add beats. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't... I mean, I did finally learn how to use Final Cut Pro, but it's funny to me because like, the Vegas thing is what I used to edit all the films that I made. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't tell you how much easier it would have been to do those with this. But now... Like I said, I don't really have any footage of anything to do anything with because I don't really do that anymore. I mean, you can use your phone, though. No, I know. I'm saying, but like, you know, back then when I had the energy and the, the yeah, time and, and, the, and friends the friends that and wanted the beard to do it. to shave. Well, no, that was, that was just the one. No, I'm talking about way back when, yeah. before I had a beard. Like, well, I could, never mind, whatever. But, um, you know, it's just even having friends that I could snag and put in my movies like that just doesn't happen anymore we're adults it's like no no adults want to get together and make a movie well actually i guess they do i mean i have some friends that do that and they're very good at it they have a good time anyway not the point 
Uh, what is their thing? I should know their thing to plug it, but I can't remember. I think it's Are You Plugged In or something? What are you talking about? What is that? My friends that make movies. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, We Massacre Productions. Ooh. There you go. Look at me. Oh, they make horror movies. You probably like them. I have some. Yeah. What? <laughs> What, what we should this? go to one of their things next time they do something. Yeah. Because they have them in theaters and stuff over here. They have a, the the place where we saw Rocky Horror. I think they do it where there. Where we saw Rocky Horror? With the Tampa Picture Show. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so not the point. Whatever. So <laughs> where were we going with all that? I, I think we were ending this part of the segment. Yes, we are. <laughs> it's over now. The next part is... Um, Go ahead. I wrote a fun note, and I don't remember what the fuck that means. Not feeling... Oh! Yeah, well, I think we kind of what was it? covered it. Like, just it. kind of like... A, it's not a question. It's, it's more like an observation about... Especially these days... Like, you're the only person I can ever talk to about films, and she doesn't roll her eyes dramatically at me. Like, it, like <laughs> You just don't see it, John. Oh, God, do you do it? No. <laughs> but it's just, it's one of those things where I, it's, it's, uh, even to the point where, oh, okay, well, first of all, there's that. There's that whole disconnect from everybody else, and, like, there's not very many people that I can actually talk to about cinema. Okay. Uh, which is kind of upsetting because it's like, and even when I just in general talk to people like, I don't know, like, do people even watch movies anymore? Like, it's kind of weird. Like, yeah. I, I, did you ever see this? Did you ever see this? Did you ever see this? No, 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 no. They saw the Marvel movies, I'm sure. But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. There's, there's no. I don't. I don't feel like there's a, a general interest in it other than having some kind of entertainment. I well, I will say that I in general, I'm not saying when, like there isn't. When like, I talk to people who don't seem to be um, on the same, I don't want to say level. Like I don't want it to be like was, I'm like a, going there. Like next, I'm but, a different. Like but we are person. kind of. We're at a different tier. <laughs> Well, because we're, we're looking at different things. We're a little bit nerdier and a little yes. bit more fanboy. You and know? I was, this is what my note meant. This is, I finally figured it out. So, in that vein, mm -hmm. I often feel that, kind of like with art, like, it, it, I feel a certain confidence with what I know and what I you know that kind of thing like when yeah. you said that your friend was going to come on and do the alien episode with me and i was like what if i don't know enough about alien like, <laughs> do you know what i mean like i, I have this yeah. thing like am i a cinephile because what if i'm not like what if i don't know enough like what if i don't know that director because then if you do get into a conversation with some film people mm -hmm. then they're just spewing out these names that i'm like i don't even think those are real people well i <laughs> When, you know I, when I was doing, like, when I was taking classes in college for film, there were, like, some pretentious people. Yeah. And I can't, like... I'm not at that like, level. Like, I, like, grew up watching, like, these horror movies and Son-in-Law. Like, you yeah. know, or, or Comedy Central movies. Like, just one of the guys. Uh, girls just want to have fun. Uh, like, what about Bob? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Groundhog Day. Like, these, these are aren't often noted as cinematic miracles no. you know like one of the first movies i wanted to watch with you was bowfinger and i chose vibes like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, right like, but and so 
that was it was very difficult for me in general to talk about movies with people because I was afraid of my lack of classic knowledge and I when people would ask me if I had seen something I would just describe a moment I knew was in that famous film uh, you know you've told me that and before. I yeah, would yeah. just avoid it altogether because it's not like I don't want to see it and it's not like I haven't watched my fair share of black and white movies mm-hmm. I've watched a ton it, it just happens to be what was playing on TV versus yeah, yeah, like yeah. something that I like Sought went out, out. Yeah, yeah yeah and that, that is true I mean that I mean yeah. obviously with me I'm a I'm a well hmm how do I say this? But you you have a deeper classic knowledge than I do. But and I mine is very you. specific. Like if you follow my vein, like if it's like it's yeah. like a what is that? A, a vein of gold and a rock formation. Okay. Like I follow certain veins, mm-hmm. and I don't deviate too much from them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I kind of go for like when I find a director that I like, Kubrick, Fellini. Kurosawa like I go with those and then I'm like okay well this one is adjacent to that mm-hmm. so what is that like and if I don't like it I just don't go anywhere <laughs> if I do like <laughs> yeah. it I'm like okay well what else did they do you know like Pasolini and you know, right. stuff like that but, but you you did find those I did those classics but I found them in weird in weird pockets of, weird of the universe yeah, yeah. Like it, it wasn't I don't know it's well, I think I think well, Stanley, for instance, mm-hmm. I think Stanley came up because um, a Clockwork Orange. Because what teen isn't initiated into the a Clockwork Orange situation? I had to seek out a Clockwork Orange. But you knew about it, like people talked about it, right? Yeah, too much. Especially back when I was a yeah. teen, like that was like, oh, she's a Clockwork Orange. It's so good. It was like. It was one of those things where everybody had seen it. So, yeah. you know, I was like, well, I'll watch it. Yeah, and, of course, I like, did love it, but I probably loved it for other reasons. I didn't love it because of, ooh, so violence. I didn't like how violent so. it was. It got, See, it I didn't got think to it me. Was. Yeah. I honestly didn't. I mean, it is, I guess, technically it's violent, but it's, it's stylized it, Also, isn't that the plot? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. But I, I, it's, it's very stylized. Like, when you watch that sequence when they're they're fighting the other gang in the, the old casino, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's it's so choreographed and so yeah. fluid and artistic. I think and them like fighting the, the it's gang not, wasn't what got to me. It was them well, the beating up the old man. <laughs> the, the rape scene was pretty bad. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> I mean, it was, but he also didn't have to, because Stanley didn't give you all the gross parts of that. You know what I mean? Like David Fincher nowadays, he'd probably just flat out put a penis up in there and like be gross. Yeah, like he would. you know what I mean. Like there's yeah. just too, there's too much reality with some of it nowadays. Where where Stanley, you didn't actually see the rape. Like it was implied, and then you kind of got past it. Yeah, not that it's. Something to get past. You know, but uh, anyway, whatever. But I think that's what I think. I think it was, I'm pretty sure that A Clockwork Orange was the first Stanley. It's kind of hard with Stanley because he's the oldest of my nerd directors that I love. So I'm pretty sure it had, well, no, no, I take that back. The Shining. I knew about Full Metal Jacket because my dad loved it. Mm -hmm. And I had seen parts of it. But I never saw the whole thing. And I was like, oh, it's some stupid, you know, military movie. I don't really care about that. (laughs) 
And then uh, The Shining, it was on television. And I knew that was one of those movies that I wasn't allowed to see. Yeah. So when it was on one of those stations when I was in my room alone in Georgia, I, I was like, ooh, oh, it's on and I'm alone and nobody's here. So I'm going to watch it. And then I did. And I was like, well, that was amazing. But I did, you know, the woman in the bathtub naked, blah, blah, blah. I, was I like, haven't seen it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, it, I, I could see why I wasn't supposed to see it, but I just thought beyond that, well, it was good. And then 2001 was another one. That I've seen that. I've seen part of it. Like, I saw the part where he was jogging in the centrifuge, mm -hmm. and I was like, what the fuck is this movie about? Like, that's the only part I saw, and then I switched it to another channel. <laughs> and then years later, I finally watched the whole thing. I was like, oh, that's what it was. Okay, I liked it. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, so Stanley was in bits and pieces and all over, but but Clockwork was probably how it really, you know, jettisoned the whole idea. Like, oh, he made that movie too. He made that one. Oh, he made that one. You know? Yeah. I mean, I do that too. Yeah. Like, but I just, it wasn't, like, I was nervous about recording with you because of your, I didn't think that I was as knowledgeable as you were. I think you are, but it's just different. different it's definitely it's just different. different. Yeah. yeah, and you but changed is, my tune kinda... when you picked vibes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do love. I love. I love yeah. just movies. Too. Yeah, like, and I think I think like this podcast has <laughs> has given me um, a lot of like new knowledge of my friend. Oh yeah, yeah, same. I like it. Yeah, I like it. That's why we started this, which, by the way, that's the origin of kind of this whole thing. Yes. We would get together. And, and we would do this. Because even when we were friends among friends, mm -hmm. I, you know, like we were, because we were introduced because of a group of people. Yes. And we'd always hang out with it. But it and was And we would always, like do game nights. It wasn't ever. It wasn't you and me one-on-one -on -one for a while. But I remember of all the people that we would hang out with at those situations, you were the one I could talk to about movies. For the most part, because you knew... I just thought you would talk to anybody who was listening. No, not at all. That <laughs> is not movies. true. No. Um, no, but that's... And then that's kind of where this whole thing came from. Yeah. Because this is how we hang out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this and is what we this, would do if we weren't this recording. This is what we would do if we weren't recording. This exact yeah. thing that we're doing. Like, this episode specifically is, is basically what... It is like when we're just talking. Because that's what we did. We, we went to a Barnes & Noble and we sat and we talked about movies to mm -hmm. kind of get a feel for what we would want to do. Right? Well, we we, we did it and then we discussed the idea afterwards, yes. towards the end of it. Yeah, that was that was fun. I remember that day. I do too. I, think I, got, I got a lemon bar. That day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. I bought a Criterion Blu-ray. I can't think of what it was. Uh, it had pretty... Um, it had the pretty costumes, uh, oh. a runway. It was a big fanciful scene of, I want to say, greens and reds. You showed me a scene from this particular movie. I remember. It was Criterion because there was a Criterion yes. sale. And God damn it, what was it? Uh, oh. You urged me to watch it. It was I a lot of fancy costumes. It was like a runway uh, shoot, almost. But I don't know what. Was it Roma? That sounds right. Was it Fellini's Roma? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, it was. Oh, look at us. 
<laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, uh, oh, but anyway, I was going to say just to finish that mm-hmm. real quick. Um, so there's us, <laughs> there's sure. our level and then there's levels above us. And I think that's where it gets kind of like, like those snot people that I'm just yeah, like, dude, I'm get, team get pups and suds. Get, get the X-blades out get of here. Bra- like, <laughs> you, like, I don't know. It's like the people that uh, put you down because you because, don't have that knowledge. Because your favorite filmmaker is Stanley Kubrick. It's like those people you got to be afraid of. Because it's like, well, what? Because <laughs> don't we all love Stanley? I, I'm kind of <laughs> confused here. He is a master of cinema, isn't he? <laughs> no, yeah. because this one rare obscure filmmaker from Guatemala. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like you're pulling things out that I don't even think are even real. And it's that's like when Carrie Bradshaw mentions the Claude LaRouche film. Mm-hmm. She literally says Claude. It feels like a scene from a Claude LaRouche film or whatever. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And I looked it up. Do you know? No idea who that guy is to this day. I don't even think he has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah, just just to prove a point. Just to prove a point. It's like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. you know who Claude LaRouche is, whoever that is. He probably designed a bag. <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe. No, he was a filmmaker, I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, last bits for this. What are your top five films? Oh, uh, I when I talk to people about movies and i love like a technical aspect i will talk with them about the scene and then i'll segue into the technical aspect that's how i talk to people oh okay i see now, i see i had to figure it out i i just have to figure out how to connect with people in general i'm not very uh connectable <laughs> <laughs> i'm not either no. i just start talking about Prince and Stanley Kubrick and no one and people run away (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my top favorite movies yeah that's a really rough question and I really hated that you asked me that I gave you and you gave me prep time for it and I hated when you asked me then as well um (laughs) but I will say that it was it was difficult because my top movies I picked our movies that I can always go back to and watch, and there's mm-hmm. like a special place for them. So obviously, well, obviously, Scream, okay. <laughs> okay, Terminator One and Two. I count them as one story. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still, the 1951 mm-hmm. version, not that garbage with Keanu Which Reeves. We still haven't redone. Uh, no, but that was uh, supposed to be our first episode. <laughs> yes, yes, it's one of my all-time favorite films, and it was very good. Yeah, and you asked me for a top five. Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. Love it. Frank Oz. Love it. Yeah, it's very good. Love it. It was Frank Oz's first movie without uh, Jimmy. without Jim Henson. Yes, sir. That's Jimmy Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men, I've always cut, thought of as like a solid movie. Okay. But these are just, like, older, like, these are movies that I've loved for a really long time. Whereas, like, as I was thinking about it, I was like, best movie, 2019, obviously, Midsummer. <laughs> She's been talking about this nonstop. I can't get I enough people it. to watch it. I will watch um, it, I will. But and, uh, like, you know, 2017 was a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that was I, good. That was or, so good. I'm sorry, 2018 was that. I really yeah. loved that movie. That movie was so stupid good. That was very fucking good. Yeah. I agree with that. I would say 2017 would be Baby Driver. 
I can't remember a lot you know, from 2017. I like that too. Yeah. I thought that was great. Edgar Wright. He did uh, I mean, Scott Pilgrim. You know, Kevin Spacey, but whatever. Yeah. No, uh, the director also directed Scott Pilgrim. I love Scott Pilgrim. And Scott Pilgrim was, that was the best. You know what? Scott Pilgrim might be one of my favorite movies. Do I still own that? I certainly hope so. Maybe it's in my top ten? I think I do. But yeah, but there's movies I'll call, like, I'll be like, that one's good. There's, I mean, I have my, my, what do you call it? My go-to indulgent ones. Mm-hmm. Which, I didn't even think about that. Like, one of those is in my top five that I wrote down. What's the top five you wrote down? My top five that I wrote down. <laughs> Barry Lyndon, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Juliet of the Spirits by Federico Fellini. Okay. Which is absolutely stunning. Uh, Throne of Blood, which I mentioned. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, the animated film by Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't direct it, but you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, the one with Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it. Uh, and Thoroughly Modern Millie, which is one of my go-to, I can just watch that and it's perfectly fine. And I know every single freaking word. Yeah. Of all two hours and 18 minutes of it. Um, but there's also ones that, like, my go-to, like, I watch a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, like my secret indulgent ones, like The Devil Wears Prada. Ooh, I love that which movie. I watch a lot. I watch a lot of Clueless. The Mirror Has Two Faces with mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand. That's one of those that I'll just, when I don't know what to watch, I'll pick that. Uh, oddly, Jean Cocteau, his film Blood of a Poet, I like to put on a lot before bed. Okay, right on. Just because it's right on. nice and black and white and weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just weird enough. And it's short. So if I do end up watching the whole thing, it's not that long. Yeah, I dig that. Legally Blonde something oh, i can like just that's play a fun one. it is fun I like that one. Um, do you know what i watch i was never been kissed on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and i love it octavia what? spencer's in that was it was it you that i was talking about that movie with might have been somebody was i love that like movie. Uh, find me here maybe it was a misconnection i can't remember but like how she like was like meet me on the pitcher's mound uh, before i throw the first (laughs) pitch (laughs) that was great i like that movie um that was one of the ones that that. i watched a bunch things like that like those those Mm -hmm. silly ridiculous romantic comedy kind of things that yeah i just like those i do too screw people yeah. I love my nerdy shit, but I also <laughs> love those. Um, so, top filmmakers. Did you have those? Uh, well, obviously. I think it would be obvious that um, one of them is Wes Craven. He was oh. actually one of the first people I... One of the first director... The first director name that I knew. Okay. And so, I was like, well, what else has he done? Like he did, like, Nightmare on Elm See? Street, Hell's Have Eyes, Last House on the Left, which also had a brutal rape scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, so did the Hell's Have Eyes. Wes. All right. Wes I'm is so the glad you blew one. away from it. Is Wes the weird one? Wes Craven? Yeah. He did Scream. No, I know, but I'm trying You're to thinking think of, of Wes like Anderson? Early, early, oh. early Wes Craven. Like, I don't know if it's him. It's one of the guys that did horror films, and there was, like, a weird student film that he did where he was, like, running around with a boner. <laughs> I want to say know it was what? Wes Craven. It was probably Wes Craven. It might have been. 
And it was just like, and I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look that. that up. Yeah, I think you should find yeah. out. <laughs> find out the boner movies that we can watch. <laughs> I want to um, see something on the boner. Yeah. Um, anyway, what else did I write? I do um, like Wes Anderson. I, you know, yes. Um, and I, I almost brought him up when we we're talking about pretentious. <laughs> right, and I think that's but, what I like about him. I like that that weird, dry, silent humor. I think is what it is. Like I think like the quirk is what speaks to me because it kind of like speaks to the the bit of the comedy nerd. Yes. in me. Yeah. And, like, that he's, frustration it gives people. He's one of those that... I think it's it's easy to make fun of people that love his movies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're genuinely good movies. Like, yeah. they're not bad. And I think anybody that can compose an image the way that he does... Yes. ...is brilliant. I, I don't know why more people don't do that. I mean, maybe it's because he's done it so well and nobody else really wants to do that. Well, because they would have to do it better you know yeah and you know it's funny too because somebody <laughs> just put out a one of those stupid you know videos like all the symmetrical things in wes anderson movies and i was like uh stanley did that too yeah wes didn't <laughs> like, create symmetry like he just did symmetry with pastels this, yeah like <laughs> no stanley did that too i'm pretty sure a lot of people did <laughs> yeah but like it's like things like, like the stanley fantastic mr that, fox you know what i mean like was like, I think his his stop motion ones are my favorite so far yeah. because he can control the entirety of it, like mm-hmm. all of it can be what he wants it to look like. Whereas if you're doing a live action, there's so much that you can't control because yeah. humans are humans and you can't really do. It. I think he's doing pretty good though. Like the trailer for his new one looks incredible. I I, I gave love you the weird the... emoji because I was like the thinking guy emoji because mm-hmm. I was like. I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. any general audience that sees that trailer would never go see that movie. Like, you and, can say and it that's looks what good. I, that's what I like. Like, Royal yeah. Tenenbaums wasn't what I expected. Oh, I fucking love that one. Um, Darjeeling is my favorite, though. Yeah, also not what I expected. His, oh his movies God, aren't what I expect from the trailer. No, that's true. And but I think all of his other trailers so far have been easy to be like, oh, well, this is about this. Oh. Like this one. I've also stopped watching trailers. Did you, what, well, did you watch the one I say? Probably. Well, like I've stopped seeking, I used to watch trailers be- because when I worked at a movie theater, oh, I yeah, was just yeah, like yeah. diving in. But then some yeah. trailers just give you too much information and then I, this it one doesn't, <laughs> I don't, I don't enjoy the movie. This one, this one's one of those ones where it's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I definitely want to see it. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I love trailers that have nothing to do with the movie. Like scenes that are not part of it. Yeah, Paranormal Activity did that. Excuse me. When I wanted to make films, and maybe still do, um, that was one of my plans, was that I would always have trailers that had scenes that are not part of the movie, Mm -hmm. but still give you the same feeling. Still give you a feeling of what the movie could be about. Does that yeah. make sense? Like what, the film that I was writing called Jupiter, which I would still love to make that. Jupiter somewhere. Ascending? No, 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 no. It's just <laughs> called Jupiter. Um, it was based on a Tori Amos song called Hey Jupiter. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd. But um, fantastic film if you ever get to see it. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> gets made. But um, those, I specifically wrote trailer ideas that would basically be like, you don't have to see them all. 
But yeah. if you did, it would kind of help you to introduce you to the film that you're going to see. You don't have to. You don't have to see the trailers to see the movie, and you don't vice versa. But, yeah. But it works. I, and they're not part of what the main feature is about. Yeah, my favorite part of filmmaking was because I had limited items to use to create. I loved working within limitations. Mm-hmm. Like if I was given like a, a script or video idea um, and just like a few things. It's like, go make it happen. Um, that was my favorite part. And so I wanted to make trailers because I wanted to take like a big idea and make it real small and like, like, just like kind of like give you like, like a taste, you know, but I, I don't don't think there's enough art in trailers these days. Yeah. They're just so shitty. Well, they used to be like, there used to be some brilliant fucking There used to be a lot of effort because that's what sold it. Mm -hmm. You know, now they're just like taking a scene. I mean, even, even to the point Stanley Kubrick, again, the, uh, full Metal Jacket. Because mm-hmm. when he... And this was a logical thing, but it was also fascinating on accident. <laughs> because he filmed all the Vietnam scenes first because they had to have hair. Mm-hmm. And then he shaved everybody's hair on screen, like, for the film. Yeah. And then did all of the uh, Paris Island scenes. So when they cut the trailer to start advertising the movie, they only had Vietnam scenes. So when you went to the film, you had no idea that, gonna that you were going to go through boot, boot camp. Yeah. So it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, at one on one hand, you're kind of like, well, this is not what I saw in the trailer. But on the other hand, it's like, well, this is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like That's incredible. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a surprise. And, but it, especially since it lasts so long, because the mm-hmm. boot camp sequence is long. It's like, I want, and it's not half the movie, but it's close. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was fascinating. I think it's a, um, an interesting marketing strategy or even the shining, the shining trailer. Uh, I mean, technically that scene is in the movie, but not the way that it is in the trailer. Right. Like it's just the one shot of the elevators opening with the blood. That's it. Yeah. That's trailer. (laughs) Like you get nothing else. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I think it's really good. Paranormal activity used nothing that's in the movie in the trailers some people would come out pissed (laughs) (laughs) well i also think that can be a a disadvantage like the sweetest thing with cameron diaz the trailer has so many scenes that are not met movie yeah i was like well what like i was kind of confused i was like was this a different movie (laughs) yeah because where's all those scenes in the trailer it's a difficult balance for sure yeah and that that's a tricky thing because, like I said, with Full Metal Jacket, they use the footage from Vietnam. But Stanley's not the kind of person that frivolously seen, uh, films a bunch of scenes that are not going to be used. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be it. But Sweetest yeah. Thing was probably one of those things where it didn't test well or the scene didn't or work. And but Suicide that's what they Squad. Had. Suicide Squad had to punch up their trailer because Deadpool came out. Oh yeah. And Deadpool was a comedy, and Suicide Squad was coming up right after and. Yeah, the first okay. trailers weren't good, or they weren't that, and so they're like, "Uh oh, we need to we need to be funny." Deadpool's funny, and Deadpool was yeah. a raging success, and they were both rated R superhero movies. Oh, there you go. And so, they punched up the trailer, and then they like reworked the script to punch that up, and the trailer was better than the movie. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. No, not great. But I watched <coughs> Birds of Prey yesterday. Oh, was that good? It was significantly better than I was expecting. Oh, okay. And we'll we'll talk after because yeah. this is um, not that. 
Did you finish your favorite filmmakers? Um, I instead wrote a list of people that I am excited to see more work from. Okay. Okay. Um, like Ari Aster, who did Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He also I did another movie. <laughs> uh, Hereditary. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and hereditary. I yeah, to that podcast you sent me. I that like, was very good. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I also want more. Like he, like I sought out the director's cut of Midsummer because mm-hmm. I, when I first watched it, I was super uncomfortable, you know. And then as like time went on, and I like fully digested the film, I was like, you know what? Like that was good. That and was, I was kind of like Brown Bunny. Did you ever see Brown Bunny? No. By Vincent Va- Gallo. Uh, I saw that in the theater, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's famous for its actual blowjob. Oh, okay. And, um, which is the whole thing. Anyway, whatever. And it, it is shocking. Mm-hmm. And the movie's surprisingly horribly boring up until that moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I kind of, in the end, I loved what he was doing. I thought it was kind of incredible that he did what he did because. And I'm gonna I'm spoiler all over this thing, but basically, the whole movie leads up to that moment, and then right after that, you find out that the girl is dead. Yeah, like she wasn't there the whole time, and it was just him reminiscing and having a breakdown about the whole thing, and it kind of made it more spectacular. Like the moment when you realize that she wasn't there. Yeah. Because it was so real, because it was real, like mm-hmm. that blowjob was real, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it, yeah. I think that it made sense to do something like that, because then you were really, really f- like it flipped you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you want to be fl- like, like, whoa, what, what? You know what I mean? Like kind of like the sixth sense when everybody had that kind of reaction. The sixth sense, like oh, he was dead the whole time. It's like spoiler, spoiler. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean, like. It was this, she was dead the whole time too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I thought that was fascinating. I was like, "Oh, I get what you're doing here." And like yeah. I said, in retrospect, I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I liked that he did that. It's like, right. okay, I got gotcha. you. I get yeah. you. I get what you're. I get it. Buffalo '66 was better, mm-hmm. but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was a great movie. Anyway, yeah, I really, I don't know, really dug him. I really dug his transitions, his his thought. Throughout yeah, I, the I really, film. I really need you to see it. I really need to see it because I need I need to talk about it yeah. with somebody I other need than to poor talk Kaylee. About Star Wars <laughs> with somebody. Nobody has seen it yet. You are the only person that I know. Well, it's because we watched it together. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I can't talk to anybody about Star Wars. Yeah, uh, me nuts. But, but furthermore, in Midsummer, Florence Pugh. Like when I watched that movie, I was like, that movie made me so uncomfortable. But who was that actress? She oh, was okay. great. And now she like she did uh she was in Little Women and she's gonna be in the Black Widow movie oh, okay. Okay. and I'm excited to see like how her career grows yeah because like she was That's great. Um, what was your other one? I had I had a couple oh, I had uh especially from this year right Booksmart Olivia Wilde I loved her directing in that movie Olivia Wilde is she an actress Yeah. The girl from Tron, Tron? Legacy yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, so she made a film. Yeah, she directed. Did you not see Booksmart? No. Oh, you should watch it. I heard about. I think I saw it. It's listed like somewhere. It's on Hulu right now. Oh, okay. That's probably where I saw. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's most compared to um, what was that Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah one? Super bad. 
Okay. Uh, but with ladies, but also in uh, the, in the twenty teens, you know, twenty eighteen. So it, oh, it's like I was more. Like the 20s? I, I was what? like, I was like trying to figure out how to say that after oh, okay. the aughts. <laughs> Whatever time period yeah, it is. Yeah, our, our 20 teens. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, like, watching that movie, at the end of it, I was like, who directed that? Okay. It was Olivia Wilde. And I was That's like, crazy. girl. Oh, I was like, like girl. That. I love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? Who? What? Yeah, I was super pumped for her. It's like when I found her. out Superstar was directed by Bruce McCullough. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm really digging uh, Greta Gerwig more. Oh, I want to see her Little Women really bad. Her Little Women was good. Like, she, See, like, messed okay. with the time. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, like, as far as I understood it, Little Women has always been linear. Um, yeah. As far as, like, the way the story is told. So now so she starts... you're explaining something I read, and I was yeah. confused that somebody would get confused. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, Little Women is something that's been around forever. Yeah. We all know the damn book. Mm-hmm. We've seen one a writer. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, we saw what's-her-name die, Beth, or whatever. Like, yeah. It's, we all know this. So why was it confusing for people? And and then I saw some comments, and I was very confused, because I was like, what? And it made me fascinated, because I was like, I want to see whatever this is. That but I was thinking, what could you possibly do with it that would make it confusing? And now I, you're yeah. explaining it. Okay. She she starts with uh, Joe um, trying to sell her her uh, writing. Okay. And then it goes back to her youth as though Joe might be telling that story, right? Okay. And so it goes back and forth, but I think that it's pretty clear when we are in present day and when we're in the past. What's not clear is uh, at the end when she's selling, like she's selling her pages and throughout the movie, um, the guy she's uh, selling her works to, her writings to, Gives her a lot of notes and it's like, oh, you need more like more of this, more of that. And it's mostly like you need more men if you are a story about a woman. Like at the end, it's like, um, you know, and Joe, like that one dude falls in love with Joe and Joe is there's a lot of theories that Stacey? like what's his name? Stacy. Uh, he had a girl's name, whatever. He did. A uh, Lori. Lori. There you go. Yeah. Stacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lori. Um, Stacy. Yeah. Lori, and, her, and, her name was. Joe. Mm-hmm. And his <laughs> name was Lori. Yeah, but, but he, like, tells Joe that he's in love with her, and she's just like, I don't love, or whatever. You know, she doesn't say those words, but ultimately, um, there's theories that Joe might be asexual, she doesn't seem to be attracted to anybody. Um, I can see that. Even right. One, yeah. yeah, and the writer of Little Women also never married, and so they were, they, there's, there's theories. There's theories Alcott, right? Uh, maybe. I've been to her house. Look at you go. Yeah. But, but so <laughs> Sorry. so they uh so the way the way it cut is that they were they were paralleling what Greta Gerwig did was paralleled Joe's um upbringing and like her like and her and her sisters and all that along with her trying to sell her work and coming into her career as a writer and um like in through her story Joe didn't need no man she wasn't in love with Laurie, and Laurie ended up marrying Frances Pugh, whatever that character was. I can't remember the girl's name. Not Beth. She wasn't the one no. that died. No. Um, oh, and, no. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, in, in her final piece, like, it was, like, a story. Which It was the story of her childhood or whatever, and he was like, 
uh, it needs an ending. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, whatever. And he was like, she needs to marry somebody. If you want people to like this story, she needs to get married and, and go, go back after the guy. Cause I guess it ended with her breaking up with whatever dude she ended up with. And so the ending ending, um, is like, cause Joe's like, what, you know, I don't need that. Who needs that? Like that, like that's not for her. It's for the the writer to appease a wide audience, and yeah. so the actual ending kind of leaves people confused. As is that just the ending that Joe wrote to appease the public? Is that the ending we want, or is that the actual ending? And so it kind of leaves you in a in a way where like, am I an asshole because I wanted them to be together, but that's just not how. It works, that's and that's not fair. Good and that's not him. fair to Joe. You're good for her. And I liked that Greta Gerwig created that by not, but by changing the time. That's it. Yeah. That's you know, very it's not like she changed plot points. You know, that's fascinating. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, and I mean, I and I dug her and like Francis Haw fir- and like whatever. Like, my first thing when I saw oh and Lady Bird out with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was good. Yeah. Uh, when she first came out with trailers for that i kept thinking i'm not a little win. like do we need one and now after that like yeah we yeah we needed it because <laughs> uh, i feel like that's the kind of thing that needs to happen with with stories that we know really well mm-hmm. you have to do something because why would you do another one like yeah. they're coming out with a new emma and i'm like well, it better have possibly, value it better yeah. have elton in it like <laughs> do you know what i mean like we 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 know emma Mm-hmm. You have obviously. To give me I thought of Elton from Clueless. Well, <laughs> Clueless is Emma. Yes, but I thought of <laughs> but I thought of him in that period oh, piece yeah, yeah. with his baggy sweater. Oh, I love it! Please do it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Okay, you can go ahead with yours. Oh, mine. Yeah. Well, mine. Mine. We probably talked about at nauseum. Uh, wait. Is it? Yeah, guess them. Ooh. Oh wait, uh, Kurosawalini. <laughs> my name. They name my cat is yep. Kurosawalini. <laughs> That's Kubrick, mm-hmm. uh, Fellini, and someone else that you had mentioned during this podcast. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Yep. Yeah. Those are my top three. Uh, in that order that you said too. Right. Very good of you. Uh, just. I just I just named them in the order of you talking of them. <laughs> uh, I usually do talk about them in that order because that's that's your order order. that i prefer them uh not anything against any of them they're Mm -hmm. they're all brilliant but uh for me and i just want to briefly go over this before we end uh kubrick is my favorite and it's because of the craft of filmmaking yeah he crafts his films impeccably i don't think anybody else has ever done that i still don't think anybody does like the crap like not just the editing or just the photography is everything. Oh, the whole thing, the way he brings it together. Yeah. It's perfect. Like, especially focus pulling. Like <laughs> you see any other movie, you're going to see things go out of focus and like notebook, huge, <laughs> huge scene. Like where it like went out of focus. But I was like, where the fuck is the focus puller? And I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for Stanley Kubrick, because all of his films are impeccably photographed. Like it's just the, the, the attention to craft in his filmmaking is right. what I love about it. Um, and we can go further when we do. I always think of directors as the stitching that sews the film together. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you have like a loose stitch or a bad stitch, like knowing how to stitch things differently and make them fit. 
Not that I know how to sew. Are the most amazing quilts you're ever gonna get. And he was like that with everything in life. Yeah. We'll we'll go over all that when we when we do some Cooper. <laughs> well, not old Cooper. I would say. Never mind. Whatever. We'll do when we do Cooper. Because we'll, we'll we've Kubrick. done the the killing already, but that's not really like the meat of Kubrick. Right. In my opinion. Like that's later. Anyway, not the point. So uh Fellini mm-hmm. was the life. He had the best representation of life in his films. Okay. I don't think I've seen anything that makes me as happy watching his films. And even when he's talking about death, which is part of life, it's the way he does it. It it just works. It's like Yes, I'm going to tell you about that. But you're still going to love my film. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just, he's so good at that. He's so brilliant. Uh, and Kurosawa is the majesty of film, like the epic film. He made films that you just could not believe they were happening. Like if he builds a castle, he's going to burn it down. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he did do that. <laughs> <laughs> or like the time he built an entire city on... Uh, on um what do you call it plates like uh like dinner plates not dinner plates tectonic plates <laughs> yeah yeah like <laughs> to have yeah. like an earthquake and like so tear he it down could, yeah and he uh he built the whole entire town mm-hmm. he had people live in it for over a year so that it could look like it had been lived in for mm-hmm. over a year uh he filmed his movie and then for one brief scene in the movie where there's an earthquake and a city is destroyed <laughs> that's what he did I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the, the, he had to have multiple countries finance his films. Yeah. They're insane. They're so big. They're huge. They're crazy. And they're amazing. They're all good. So anyway, so that's why I like those three. Uh, my other choices were Stan Breckage. I love his films, and I don't think we've talked. No, I know who that is. About him. Not a lot of people talk about him. He did a very avant-garde films most of his films were hand-painted no we've we've watched some of his stuff together yes i believe i put some on for you yeah most of them are very short uh like you know less than three minutes uh anyways uh yes. criterion thankfully put out a beautiful collection of his work uh which you can get on the criterion collection 50 percent off and the middle at some point uh <laughs> If only we had a sponsor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if only it was the Criterion Collection. Oh my goodness, hey, could you imagine? Listen, Criterion, uh, let me in the closet. Uh, <laughs> the Quay Brothers is my fifth choice. Oh, I did not realize. Oh, I love them. They're amazing. Are you thinking of the right people? Yeah. Okay. Stop motion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I love them. I've heard you. No, I've heard you talk about them before, but it was like once or twice. Jean Cocteau was going to be in there because he is one of my favorites, but he, you know, whatever. I chose the ones I chose. (laughs) Right on. Technically on my shelf, Jean Cocteau is between Kurosawa and Breckage. Yeah. You have your shelf ordered. I I meant to look at my shelf before I left. I do have it in order of my favorite directors. So it goes uh, Kubrick, Fellini. Kurosawa, uh, Jean Cocteau, mm-hmm. Stan Breckage, the Quay Brothers, uh, Ray Harryhausen, who is technically not a director, but he worked on the stop motion, uh, Palin Pressburger, Wong Kar Wai, and uh, I'm blanking. That's okay. Animation, Spirited Away, Miyazaki, <laughs> and then John Waters. <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew the answer. <laughs> you can see the shiny things from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Right on. So, my goodness, we talked a lot. Yeah, and it was about like nothing. So we should probably like let people go. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, we might have to break this up into two little sections. Maybe. I think we should. Who knows? Yeah. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. Well, next week, oh. we're watching... Oh, yes. Next week, we are doing... Uh, are we doing... Eight and a half? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll confirm it with you. Eight yeah. and a half by Federico Fellini. So, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, please watch it. I'll probably post a trailer on our social media. Ooh, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, so you can get a little a vision of what we're going to be doing. Uh, so, look forward to that. Awesome. Bye-bye. Yeah, if I can figure out how to turn Is it a gmail.com? Oh, that's the... Or one foot podcast everywhere else. So you can just like hit the stop button.